The following podcast contains spoilers about Santa Claus. Yeah, let's go with that. You'll know it is time to skip ahead when you hear this sound. Warning! And now, grown adults talking about a children's cartoon about a video game. Welcome to a brand new season of the Advent Calendar House, the official holiday podcast for people who think pretzels are fruit. This is the first of 12 episodes paying tribute to a different holiday special, but mostly the Christmas ones, as we count down to Christmas Eve, starting with the original video game Crash, the Hanna-Barbera special starring Pac-Man... It's 1982's Christmas Comes to Packland. I am apparently necessary police officer in a town named after its own savior, Mike Westfall. And joining me, remotely of course, since we're all quarantined with Pac-Man fever, are the sourpuss and chomp chomp to my Pac-baby, I guess. Uh, first, please welcome back Lindy. Hello, Lindy. Hey, I'm all uh, pepped up on power pellets for this one. <laughs> <laughs> and brand new guest, please welcome our pal Alicia. Hey, Alicia. Hey, how are you guys? This is fine. I'm great. Thank you both for joining me for this one. This is one of those Christmas specials that I think I remember watching it once in the 80s, forgot about it completely, and then revisited about 10 years later in the 90s. Lindy, what kind of history do you have with this Christmas special? And in Pac-Man's cartoon in general. So I was aware of the Pac-Man cartoon. And I think I saw like one or two normal episodes like maybe a decade ago. Probably on Boomerang or something random like that. Uh, I have never seen this Christmas special before. Really? Um, I am not I'm not sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time I've ever seen this Christmas special. It was so special. bad. <laughs> <laughs> Was this the first time you saw it too, Alicia? Yeah. Oh my I, goodness. Um, this is the first time I've ever even seen the Pac-Man cartoon. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm <laughs> excited now. Okay, so brief history on this. Christmas came to Pac-Land on December 16th, 1982 on ABC. They put it on primetime and pushed Joni Loves Chachi back to 8.30. It was that important, apparently. Joni Loves Chachi will be seen one half hour later tonight. Do anything you want, darling. It's Christmas. They're celebrating the holidays right after this special presentation. Wow. <laughs> and he didn't even get the Rubik's The Amazing Cube lead-in like he normally did. No! <laughs> I don't remember the first time I watched this Christmas special. I remember watching Pac-Man. I've had the show's theme song stuck in my head for about 35 years now. Pac-Man. That's me. But this special didn't make any of my parents' eight-hour blank VHS tapes crammed with Christmas specials, so I forgot about it until the late 90s, I want to say, on Cartoon Network. I remember it was the day after Thanksgiving, and Cartoon Network stuffed its programming to the rafters with Christmas specials. So day one after Thanksgiving, I remember them playing a lot of things like He-Man, She-Ra, Yogi's First Christmas, and then this one with Pac-Man. I was going to say, like, 
With the exception of the He-Man special, like, did they just start from the bottom since it was far enough away from Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> probably. I don't know. They probably reran those, like, day after day. Maybe not every day, but every couple of days. Maybe every Friday. Let's put Pac-Man and He-Man and Shira back on. Maybe. I don't know. Hanna-Barbera has a deep well of Christmas and holiday specials in general. It so who really knows? They could does. probably make it until Christmas Day. <laughs> probably. But since that year, it's become almost an annual watch for me. I don't feel badly yeah. when I miss it, but I'm glad it exists. And thankfully, it's preserved <laughs> on the Internet Archive for now. <laughs> what happens when it's not? Well... <laughs> <laughs> then we have to go to uh, other slightly more nefarious means like daily motion. <laughs> I'm surprised that like Hanna-Barbera and I don't know who owns them now. Is this part of Warner Universal or something like that? I think, I like, th yeah, I think it's Warner. Yeah, because I was going to say maybe they're just really vicious because in trolling YouTube, because I feel like something like a nearly 40-year-old Christmas special could kind of pass under the radar without a weird re-upload. Yeah. A lot of companies are starting to put their stuff on YouTube and just cram it with ads. Like, Filmation is starting to put up He-Man stuff. G.I. Joe's now all on YouTube. So... That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, how else would they really make money right now unless it's on TV? I don't know. Right, and... I more people are just trying to stream stuff as opposed to buying that physical media. It's easy. Yeah. So. More kids are watching YouTube than they are sitting around watching TV. Absolutely. So let's dive in. We open with Santa Claus flying across the moonlit skies above Pacland, and Santa here is voiced by Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime. <laughs> Rudolph, dancer, put the pedal to the metal, fellas. We've got a whole planet to cover and only a few hours to do it. Wow. That's a bigger deal in hindsight. But then I remembered he was already part of the show. He did the sound effects for Pac-Man's cat, Sourpuss. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, Sourpuss and Chom Chom are the best part of the Pac-Man show in oh, general. Yeah. Between, yeah. between yeah. Peter Cullen doing like his best cat and a Sourpuss and just being sassy, and then like Frank Welker doing the weirdest but like really most endearing sound as Chom Chom. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Frank Welker was doing both, but... I mean, it wouldn't make sense. No, here it was Peter Cullen doing the sourpuss the whole time. It would be. He's every animal noise. Frank Welker is also Pac-Man's neighbor. I think his name's Morris. Yeah, here he is. Morris, who shows up later. Pop and power pellets! An invader from Mars! To show that, oh, more than one person lives in this town. I mean, who can forget that Pac-Man ex expansion cab that <laughs> Morris man... <laughs> But right out of the gate, something's unusual. Santa's flying across the moonlit sky with eight tiny reindeer, including Rudolph. Usually when Rudolph's on duty, he's number nine. So one of the other reindeer got the night off. Hmm. I don't even know how you <laughs> noticed that. I take <laughs> notes a lot. I mean, it was easy to tell that Rudolph was there since they made a, like, the biggest deal about him, but yeah, I don't know. Who would be the most likely, like, who's lowest tier reindeer? No. It was supposed to be Rudolph, right? 
and then well, in the series or the the special, oh. yeah. I mean, he starts yeah. off he starts off low tier, but then he's like you know pro player by the end. Yeah, <laughs> like like the song, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that why why reindeer's noses turn red? Oh, I remember <laughs> reading the reason. It's pretty messed up. It's so that like they're syphilis. <laughs> um red blood cells fill their nose to fight freezing cold and to regulate blood temperature in their brain or something like that. Hey, whatever it takes. <laughs> it's cold up there. Yeah, I mean that sounds kind of like crazy to see like a gigantic red nosed animal like that in the winter, but then like they're even gnarly in the summertime because shedding antlers just looks incredibly metal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with these for now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I would say as far as worst reindeer, like I don't know, maybe Vixen, because like kids who don't know better call them Nixon by accident. Oh. I'm gonna say I'm in that camp. Homer Simpson. Uh, yeah, you know, its name kind of also has like mildly sexual connotations if you think about it if it was a female. So yeah, I would say Vixen got the night out. Just he's not part of A team. There we go. He didn't mention he mentioned a couple of names. Vixen's not one of them, so Vixen stayed home. But later we'll find out why you don't give a reindeer a night off on Christmas Eve. But <laughs> secondly, Santa's got a computer built into this sleigh. I think this might be one of the first instances ever of Santa using a computer. <laughs> it was pretty funny because he was like, I'm so glad my my Christmas list is computerized. And then he pushes like four buttons and it looks like a calculator. <laughs> well, 1982. So most of them, it was either like it filled a room or it was a calculator. <laughs> Got like a TI-81. <laughs> How lucky are you if one of the four names that came up was your name? Because one of them was Stacy Lee, and I have a friend named Stacy Lee, and I was like, that's so cool. Wow. <laughs> Imagine if Santa's crappy computer only had like three kilobytes and had like a list of 10 people. <laughs> what a time saver. <laughs> no wonder he could visit everyone. Yeah, he just cuts out a lot. Oh, that makes more yeah. sense than time travel. I mean, it does. I mean, I know that I wrote down in my notes, like, he says something about how, oh, I've got the whole planet to cover, to which I'm like, I don't think so, Santa. <laughs> like, and, he's, and he mentions only doing it in a few hours. And I'm like, you have, like, literally the whole night to get this done. And if you're circumventing the globe, as you're saying, like, you have more than, like, 120 minutes to knock this out. So I don't know why you're so stressed. <laughs> My going theory was always Santa slays a time machine and he just uses it to his advantage. So it's one night for us, but for him, it's a matter of days or weeks and he takes breaks when he has to. I don't know. Warning! Hi, skip to 13 minutes and 30 seconds if you want to avoid spoilers. Okay, later. That's what I'll be telling my kids if they ask. <laughs> good. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I never thought about it too hard because, like, I already, as a kid, when I believe in Santa, like, I cracked the code pretty early as to, like, 
how come there's a Santa here at this mall and at this mall <laughs> that disappears at the same time? <laughs> so I got the I got the Santa has helpers speech pretty early on. So <laughs> how old how old were you guys when you found out? I was nine, nine or ten. Uh, Do you remember how you found out? My parents had to sit me down and tell me about the Easter Bunny. It was oh, wow. it was that first. <laughs> Just like, well, that makes sense. Oh, oh. (laughs) So my mom was a preschool teacher at the time. And one of the other preschool teachers kids told me when I was like eight years old. And my mom got so mad because she couldn't tell me. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) When you said preschool teacher for a second there, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you said you were at least eight. Because I'm thinking like some kid's going to come up to you and you're like four. No, like like, devastate you. Yeah, all the teachers' kids would hang out, and yeah, that's how I found out. Lovely. No, I was just a weird skeptic, and after a while, I'm like, this just doesn't seem plausible. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of putting two and two together. I never got a formal talk. I'm getting close to having to do that for the first time, so we'll see how it goes. My um, best friend used to get like bikes, and I'd get like socks. Yeah, her Santa was a lot better than my Santa. <laughs> I used to think that like Santa liked her better. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh goodness. Yeah. Well, meanwhile at the Pac-Man residence in Pac-Land. Okay. So is Pac-Land named after him? I don't know. This whole universe is really bizarre if you think about it because you have that is it like is it named for pac-man is that the namesake and then you have the idea first of all i i just want to back up introducing a humanoid santa into this world of these pac people it just begs a whole lot of questions (laughs) so so they don't know what christmas is but there's a santa claus that exists so like do these pac people have to come to know christ now or something like how how what are the consequences of all this <laughs> they didn't cover that and they had 22 minutes sorry we're out of time <laughs> they just thought he was an alien <laughs> basically Maybe, he I is mean, yeah I, it makes a whole lot more sense other than just imagining like meanwhile pac-man's up in like i don't know the yukon or something and has to worry about like reaganomics and stuff <laughs> Yeah, usually they name cities after people after they're dead, but sure, okay. <laughs> so the streets of Packland are covered with snow, so they're definitely Northern Hemisphere somewhere. And it finally gives Pac-Man a reason to wear a hat that covers his entire head for a change. <laughs> Normally he wears this tiny little hat on the top of his head just to kind of bring the point home, I'm a sphere. <laughs> I'm a man, don't forget. And I have to have a wife who has, like, lipstick because I have a case of the not gaze. <laughs> well, Pac-Man is voiced by Marty Ingalls. There you go, Pac-Baby. Your very own snow ghost monsters to practice chomping on. Who had an early 1960s show with John Astin called I'm Dickens, He's Fenster, better known as that show that came on after the Flintstones, but everybody turned off. <laughs> Uh, but Marty Ingalls also married Shirley Jones of the Partridge family. Oh, wow. So he was the Partridge father. <laughs> there it is. 
Well, I think I think they didn't get married until the late 70s. So I don't know if it was during the run or right before it. But I feel like Partridge family was like somewhere in the middle because that David Cassidy hair is just like way too fluffy to be like the early part where there was like the holdover from the 60s. Yeah, I, I think about old Brady Bunch and I'm like, yeah, they're all still dressed kind of groovy. They're not going into like the disco era. Yet. <laughs> not yet. Uh, but also elsewhere in the Hanna-Barbera universe, Marty Ingalls was the voice of Beagley Beagley from Grape Ape. <laughs> what a name of a character. <laughs> <laughs> like, they just weren't trying that day. It was Beagle Beagle, but Grape Ape always called him Beagley Beagley. <laughs> oh, Grape Ape, God. <laughs> oh. They were really scraping the bottom of the barrel of some of these characters, I swear. Well, Life Olympics aren't going to hold themselves. <laughs> so that's Pac-Man. Ms. Pac-Man, or Pepper as she's called here, is Barbara Minkus, who's really just best known for this. Come on, Packy. Let's take Pac-Baby for a toboggan ride. <laughs> she's done other stuff, but this is probably her most recognizable TV role. Wow. Being and, parties. And this <laughs> show lasted two years, right? Yeah, but it um they would knock out episodes in the eighties. So it had about forty, fifty episodes that they syndicated oh, wow. on Saturday mornings for years after that. And then USA picked it up and it was on the Cartoon Express, and then Cartoon Network picked it up, so it had a long shelf life. Wow. And of course, we have Pack Baby who's here, and that is very obviously Russie Taylor in her early career. Pack Baby loves I got kind of excited for that one. <laughs> yeah. So she was most famously Minnie Mouse, but this is way before that. Up until this special, her biggest voice role was Strawberry Shortcake. Wow. That's still a big one, kind of. I mean, oh, it's yeah. for like people our age. Sure. I used to, yeah, I used to love <laughs> Strawberry Shortcake. No, I love Pac-Baby because it's Russie Taylor doing the same kind of voice she did when she did Robin on Muppet Babies. I have that same note. (laughs) (laughs) It just just kind of hits like a warm nostalgia spot because the Muppet Babies was a quality show. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Oh, man. So good. So Robin on the new Muppet Babies has legs. And I miss him being in the little fishbowl, but. Yeah, I thought Tadpole Robin was a cute way to go with it, especially because it was a cartoon. You kind of got to stretch your legs and have it be a little bit different than what it is when he's like an actual Muppet. Especially because it's like, well, if Kermit's a baby, like Robin would be even younger than he is. Right. All checks out. (laughs) Yeah. They gave him a tail in this one, though. So he's like a little pollywog. Oh, that's cute. (laughs) Okay. So Pac-Man and the Misses. The Miz, excuse me, not that Miz, yeah. different Miz. <laughs> Mr. and Ms. Pac-Man are out building snow ghosts for Pac-Baby to practice his chomping. Time to learn how to defend our home, tiny baby. <laughs> snow monsters. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> Ghosts are monsters, I suppose. Yeah, they're the they're ghost, monsters. ghost monsters. Oh. <laughs> We'll get to them in in a bit, but Pac-Baby's doing a fine job on his tricycle, which is inside an animated snow sculpture of his own father. <laughs> like you do. 
Then the family goes tobogganing and we switch gears to follow the ghost monsters. Here we go. So now we have to talk about all of their voices. First, we have Inky. That's Barry Gordon, who we know best as Donatello. Oh, look! It's them pack creeps. And he was also the kid who sang, I'm getting nothing for Christmas. I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> He's Donatello. I, I, yeah, Donatello. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> If you like the kid who's saying, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas, I'd be like, oh, okay, I get it. But yeah, that's no idea. Uh, and then both Blinky and Pinky are voiced by Chuck McCann. Oh, that's me as we go! In a three ghost monster sleigh! Whom y'all probably know best as Scrooge McDuck's butler Duckworth. But I know him best as the dream finder from Epcot Center's Journey into Imagination ride. Oh, my God. Uh, and then I, he was Santa Claus on Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas. So Chuck McCann's back on the podcast. <laughs> was Twice Upon a Christmas one of like the newer ones? That was 2004. That was their first CGI appearance of Mickey and his friends. All right. So it's recent, but it's still like it's now 16 years old. Oh, my God. So, yep. <laughs> oh, wow. Next, we have Clyde, who is voiced by Neil Ross. Hold it. I think I heard some. Three, four, uh, who I mentioned when we were talking about G.I. Joe. He was Dusty and Shipwreck. And he's also been the voice of animated versions of John Rambo, Green Goblin, Howard Stark, and Doctor Doom. And he was the narrator of the Biff Tannen Museum. <laughs> Wait, there's a Biff? In Back to the Future <laughs> no, no, Part no, no, 2, no, no, when they're in, the like, the bad timeline. <laughs> there's a Biff Tannen Museum, and it's got this introductory video as Marty walks in, and it's narrated by Neil, oh, Neil right. Ross talking about the greatest American who ever lived. <laughs> the man who just won a lot of gambling. Pretty much. so amazing. <laughs> mm. And finally, we have Sue, who was Clyde's replacement when the Ms. Pac-Man game came out. Uh, but on the show, they made her purple because she's a girl. I don't know. She is performed by Susan Silo, who would later voice the White Queen in both Pride of the X-Men and the arcade game where she welcomes you to die. All right. She has a thing for playing sassy characters, I guess. Yeah, well, she's got the voice for it. You heard something, all right. The sound of rattling ghost brains. So her name is Susan, and she plays someone named Sue. There we go. <laughs> that was probably <laughs> it. That's the audition. You're hired. <laughs> wow, like, that's... What a conspiracy. We got the girl ghost, everyone. <laughs> it was 1982. That's probably how it went down. I'm surprised they didn't just make her Pinky and just be like, Pinky's a girl, because, yeah, sure. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Not like there's a lot of Pac-Man lore to dip into. Like, well, oh, no. <laughs> those three rhyme, so we needed Sue as the, I don't know. I don't know why they chose that. But those are the ghosts. And they're out for a stroll singing Jingle Bells, which I'm skipping ahead a bit here. The whole premise of this episode is no one in Pac-Land has ever heard of Christmas. <laughs> But they're singing Jingle Bells, which I'll let slide because it's not really a Christmassy song. It is, but it's not. It's not? 
It well. <laughs> Are we going to get into a debate now about what is it in qualifying this Christmas song? <laughs> it's the diehard of Christmas songs. They don't <laughs> mention anything specifically Christmassy. It's it's a Christmas song. It's Jingle Bells. It's just, it's a wintry song. Yeah, so, okay. But that's the only reason they could know about that and not know what Christmas is. So, yeah. Well, since One they're the- ghost monsters and not ghosts, like, I can't even pretend, like, oh, maybe in a past life, one of them remembered <laughs> this song. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. Well, that brings me to my next point. What I want to know is why the ghosts needs hats, scarves, and mittens. They, these ghosts wear these scarves like like people who don't know how to wear masks now. Like oh, one time they're wearing it with like it's under their arms. One time it's like actually up around their necks. It's like I just don't understand why they're one. I mean they're ghosts. Well, I guess maybe they're not ghosts. I don't know. Why do they need winter clothing? <laughs> other than that it's a Christmas episode. It's yeah, well, I don't know what they are. They're some sort of monsters. It's documented well in this cartoon series that they're wearing sheets. I guess they're just top covers. I don't use a top sheet. They're pretty pointless. But (laughs) (laughs) the ghost monsters spot Pac-Man first and they give chase. That sends Pac-Man's toboggan careening off a cliff into the snow that's thankfully deep enough to cushion their fall. I don't know how falling physics works in Pac-Man because you don't really jump. No, you don't. You just run into walls. But unfortunately, though they landed near an emergency power pellet box in the middle of the wilderness, the ghosts had the foresight to empty it of all its power pellets right from the get-go. So this was planned, and they should win here. But Pac-Man and his family retaliate by throwing snowballs at the ghosts and Inky, who's holding the bag of emergency power pellets, starts throwing them. So, whoops. I just want to point out at this point of watching this, I, I sat and watched it with my fiance, who has never seen it as well, but also has never seen the Pac-Man cartoon. And he's he literally stopped the whole show at this point and goes, you know, if you didn't tell me this was Pac-Man... I would have thought these were like sentient snowball people, and that's why it was a Christmas special. <laughs> just, he's like, they, "What are these? Are they humans?" It, it, was, it just became a whole thing after that. But like, yeah, were they humans? Well, never. Know. I, I don't even but. know. It, it, it got into a weird like, "What is a pack person anatomy?" question, and mm-hmm. I, just, I don't know where it was from Well, Clyde tries to save himself by showing Pac-Man a new warning label on a sheet. Caution! The Ghost Monster General has determined a chomping is hazardous to your health. Oh, yeah? Well, maybe you haven't read my new warning. It's right here. I, I, I can't read the fine print. In case you missed it, it says, never look a Pac-Man in the mouth. (laughs) I like how every verb in the show is chomp. It's like yeah. the Smurfs where every verb is Smurf this and Smurf that. <laughs> I'm just imagining some poor Hanna-Barbera writer who's trying to crank out like one of the 700 scripts they have to do for the season. 
And they're coming off of work in like three days straight or writing spec scripts. And then they're like, I don't know, how are we going to write the dialogue for Pac-Man? <laughs> like, just they chomp a whole lot. Yeah. What does Pac-Man do? He chomps. He chomps ghosts. Sometimes he eats fruit and there's a pretzel in there. <laughs> but Clyde's using a very Bugs Bunny level tactic that doesn't work because Pac-Man implores them to read his new warning and he sticks out his tongue for them to observe and that's it. They all end up getting chomped and head back to put on new sheets. And that is when they have a run in with Santa's sleigh and successfully spook Rudolph and whichever reindeer is in front with him, sending them crashing down to the surface of Packland. Are these like, are there eyeballs once they get chomped? Are they like the eyeballs from like, Legend of Zelda 2, where they're just going to come flying after you and just, like, wreck your day. Oh, dear. And sometimes <laughs> they just drop fire. Yeah, because why not, you know? <laughs> if it, if like, I want, how unsturdy is that play where we're, like, running into these no, because No, they're not, because, because you can see them, and they don't know what Christmas is, and in Zelda 2, you need a cross to see them. Ah, so. well, maybe that's why they know the... They can see the sleigh, so maybe, maybe they maybe uh, Santa. Maybe, oh, that's it. That's why they know uh, Jingle Bells. There it is. We figured it out. Perfect. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> we'll return to Christmas comes to Packland after these messages. Morning, kids! It's a Pac-Man day with my crispy corn cereal coming your way with marshmallows. I'm Blinky. I'm Clyde. I'm Clyde. We're the marshmallows. You'll find inside. There goes a pack pop. Oh, and Inky too. Oh, he's marshmallow. You can chomp him too. Part of this nutritious breakfast. It's Pac-Man. With marshmallows. Delicious. Oh, Pac-Man, I'm beat. And I'm hungry. Thank goodness for new Pac-Man pasta from Chef Boyardee. New Pac-Man pasta? Mmm, little spaghetti shaped like and because Chef Boyardee's packed with goodness, it's great for when we have to eat and run. New Pac-Man pasta from Chef Boyardee. With meatballs, without meatballs, or chicken flavor. Thank goodness for new Pac-Man pasta. Thank goodness for Chef Boyardee. We now continue with Christmas Comes to Packland. Well, the round-bodied pack people have never seen anything like Santa or his sleigh. Like we mentioned before, Pac-Man and Pepper think it's a weird alien with a hairy face and a red spacesuit. Santa comes to and Pepper explains where he is. Are you okay? I think so. Where am I? You're in Pac-Land. Pac-Land? That's funny. I've been all over the world and I don't remember hearing of Pac-Land. A place Santa's never heard of despite having traveled all over the world and despite having been flying directly over it in his now computerized sleigh. <laughs> the computer's like a K-Pro. It doesn't even know anything. <laughs> God forbid, it definitely couldn't figure out GPS at that time. So. Oh, no. 1982, it was a Tandy. <laughs> but now he's upset, like you said before, he's way behind schedule, which we hear a lot in this special. And again, I don't buy it. Yeah, it, it was them complaining, like, oh, no, everything's ruined. The reindeer have a fever, I guess, because they crashed. I don't know how reindeer work. <laughs> yeah. 
I love how Pack Baby talks like like someone mocking a baby. He's like, "Oh, poor little animal." <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the case, this crash has rendered Santa grounded. His reindeer are now buried in snow, and there's a huge crack in the back of his sleigh. And he mentions all his elves are off for the evening. Why did you give the elves the night off on Christmas Eve? And at least one reindeer. If you go to the World Series, your entire bench still has to come to work. (laughs) Yeah, that's just some poor management on his behalf. That's what you get when you do this every year and you get overconfident. Yeah, maybe maybe there's just some really crafty elves that are like Santa. I've made your life so much easier <laughs> by installing this box in your computer as a computer <laughs> in your sleigh. So uh, can we all just cut out early on Christmas Eve? There it is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, Pepper brings them inside her place for the reindeer to warm up by the fireplace and give Santa a foot bath and some power pellet cocoa. And here is where Santa explains his whole thing in the 10-second non-denominational summary of what Christmas is. Starting with, you really don't know who I am? Why would they? You just told him you've never been here. <laughs> Santa's sitting there like a bad Instagram influencer. <laughs> don't you know who like- I am? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So while Santa rests up, Pac-Man offers to go collect his bag of gifts that was overturned in the crash. Two other witnesses of the crash, uh, Pac-Man's random neighbor Morris and Officer O'Pac, who is apparently necessary in a town named after their savior. But these two pledge to fix Santa's sleigh and Pepper promises to have the reindeer ready. Meanwhile, back at the ghost's headquarters, no sign of their boss in this series. Like in other episodes, they have this big bad boss. His name is his name is Mesmeron. <laughs> Mesmeron is such a weird addition to the Pac-Man universe. Oh, <laughs> uh, if you, I'm gonna put a picture of Mesmeron in the show notes. <laughs> Doesn't he have like some kind of weird voice box in front of his bald head? Like he looks like a Chinese knockoff Darth Vader without helmet figurines. Yes, he looks like Darth Vader with his helmet off. <laughs> That's a good comparison. Yeah, it's like a knockoff figure. Oh god. <laughs> like he's kind of boxy in parts, I thought. Like yeah. I don't know. Like he's the one that condemns Pac-Man to running around a maze. That could be yeah. My theory for this is Mesmeron is the only one who knows what Christmas is, and he gave himself the night off. <laughs> Uh, The ghosts get resheeted and end up finding Santa's bag first and help themselves to the toys within. These toys are so amazing because they're so generic. (laughs) I love that the ghosts actually fight over a game called The Game. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Which I think we all just lost, but... Shout out to Clyde successfully playing with six yo-yos at once while wearing mittens. That's impressive. (laughs) Uh, Pac-Man and his dog Chomp Chomp, who went out defenseless without any power pellets, despite Pepper clearly having enough at home to make cocoa. Yeah. They attempt to get the bag without being detected by burrowing under the snow 
but he gets caught and surrounded. Pac-Man pleads all he wants are the toys, and that, I guess, is enough of a distraction to run for it while he tells Chomp Chomp to collect all the toys. And he almost gets away, but he trips over a rock and he gets chomped himself. When he got caught, this is a part I had to reverse because the ghosts taunt him before they chomp on him. And I swear to God, the first time I heard it, I thought Sue said, we're going to chomp on his balls. So did I. And I'm like, well, well, they're don't they call them power pellets? And I'm like, that's a really weird. Like, did no one consider the double entendre for children? And I had to reverse it to find out she said bones. Come on, let's quit wasting time and chomp on his bones. Yeah, it took like two listens. Yes, exactly. Me too. I was, yeah. Grind your bones <laughs> to make my bread. Grind your balls, apparently. <laughs> oh, sorry, Packy. <laughs> And also, like, getting chopped seems pretty inconsequential. They're like, he's just kind of like, oh, that was rough. Yeah, he just gets, like, a bite mark and some bruises, and he just, yeah. They all just kind of gang up on him and chomp at once, and then they just leave. They leave in their <laughs> days. They don't try to take over Packland or anything. They just go home. <laughs> yeah, the ghosts are pretty easily satiated. Yeah. Well, Chomp Chomp comes to his rescue, and the two slowly make their way back home with the bag, but end up falling off another cliff and sending the toys flying everywhere. Here, Pac-Man mentions it's 20 minutes to midnight. It doesn't matter. Time doesn't work properly on Christmas Eve. Santa didn't even know where he was. Why is midnight <laughs> so important of a departure time from Pac-Land? I, I don't get it. It's like, does it not count suddenly because it's midnight and it's officially Christmas Day? Like, is uh, I don't is know. It's this weird, like, gremlin rule. It's <laughs> gremlin rule, yep. Don't touch the presents that were down before or after midnight. You're going to die. I don't know. We don't even know what time zone they're in. I don't care. Pac-Man <laughs> arrives safely home, covered in icicles and worse for Warren, but... They've got the bag, so Christmas must be saved, right? Nope. The ever-pessimistic symbol of the spirit of giving says it's just too late. (laughs) Santa's definitely a downer in this He really is, man. Yeah. And even if his reindeer were jet-propelled, he wouldn't make it on time, and it's the phrase jet-propelled that gives Pac-Man the idea to bring the reindeer to the fabled power pellet forest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing I guess might make a little more sense about why uh, Pac-Man ha- was talking about power pellets earlier, but Ms. Pac-Man had them at, in her home. Okay. Like, she gives them to Santa, and he's you would think he'd be all, like, pepped up and everything, but he's, like, you know, not into it. So maybe the ones she had just lost their effectiveness. <laughs> yeah, got expired power pellets at home. One thing, one thing That's I what I never... say for all my company is expired food. Oh boy. <laughs> one thing I noticed about um this clock they had in their house, they showed it once and the end of the of the hands looked like Pac-Man. And they show it again and there there's arrows. Whoa, I didn't notice that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
I saw the Pac-Man and I'm like, that's really weird. That's a messed up flex to be living in a town that's named after you and then have like a watch with your face on it. <laughs> yeah. And when they're fixing Santa's sleigh, the the little sanding disc is shaped like Pac-Man too. Yeah, everything is just shaped like pie charts. <laughs> it's like when you're drawing cartoons and you put little faces on everything, like all the trees have faces now. The sun, of course. Yes. <laughs> it's like the hidden Mickeys of Pac-Land. There it is. <laughs> or like Mario when they just put eyes on everything. <laughs> it's like Pixar and Mario. They all kind of do the same thing. Now it's like, this thing has come to life. There's more and more more <laughs> you do of it. <laughs> I'm watching. Always watching. Um. <laughs> uh. But their way to the power pellet forest is blocked by the ghost monsters again, despite Pac-Man and his family now leading the way in a car. He can't run over them because the cop's with them, I guess. <laughs> That'd be a really dark way to end this special. It's like Pac-Man. It can't show vehicular ghost slaughter on a kid's show. <laughs> I don't care if they're already dead. <laughs> So out of options, Pac-Man tries to reason with them, explaining they're the only chance Santa Claus has of saving Christmas. Santa Claus? Christmas? That's right, Christmas. It's a time for spreading joy throughout the world. It's a time for warmth and brotherly love. Does that include ghost brothers? Of course. So this is the part where I write in my notes, I have no one knows in this world what Christmas is, so why would they care about saving it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, he tried to explain it to him right there. Yeah. But what finally brings them to tears is the thought of millions of children around the world who won't get anything for Christmas if they open their mouths instead of their hearts. <laughs> <laughs> ah, what a bunch of humbugs. Oh, give the guy a break, Clyde. Yeah. <laughs> Think of all the little kids, Clyde. And the big kids, too, Clyde. And I know he meant by chomping, but what an interesting message. Instead of opening your mouth, open your heart. It seems like a nice sentiment, but telling people to shut their mouths on Christmas isn't going to go over well. <laughs> I like how Pac-Man has a baby, but, like, his kid doesn't matter, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Pack babies just throw to make cute noises and puts around a sourpuss and chomp chomp. Pack baby got the honor of helping. That's his gift. <laughs> it's a very like pebbles flintstone existence at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but that's enough to get the other ghosts to beg Clyde to let Pac-Man go just this once with a warning. When Christmas is over, they'll be back. And it's into the power pellet forest to let the reindeer feast on them. And that's enough of a charge to convince Santa that there just may be a chance he keeps his fake deadline after all. <laughs> and off he goes, led by his now radioactively glowing reindeer. <laughs> and we end with the packs returning home and find Santa's left them their own decorated shining Christmas tree and loads of wrapped gifts underneath it in time in the time it took the rest of them to drive home <laughs> so that deadline i don't know why do you do good things because you get stuff 
that's yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. Maybe this was Santa's way of of showing them what Christmas is. Well, if you help me, you get something wrapped under a tree. It's really kind of mobster way to operate, if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, right about here, into the windows, barge the ghost monsters. Why isn't that the plot to every Pac-Man episode? Just going through the windows and chop the heck out of them. Oh no, don't mildly inconvenience Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, not after this, because Santa also left presents for each of the ghosts under the Pac-Man's tree. How convenient. I mean, I don't know. Santa knows the horrors of getting chomped. I, I, I have no explanation <laughs> for any of this. Nope. But a now tearful Clyde says, I don't know what to say, and Pac-Baby chimes in. How about thank you? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Usually they do that stutter when they're scared because power pellets are happening and they're like, pop, 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 pack power. <laughs> they cut out the part in the cartoon where baby Fagman says that and then draws its finger across its throat. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well, the way she, the way Rusty Taylor is like, how about thank you? That's very plausible. <laughs> Baby Dagman's gonna f*** him up. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. Don't thank us. Thank Santa Claus. <laughs> Merry Christmas to all and to all a good chump. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good chump. Yep. And that wrapped up nicely, but... For a Hanna-Barbera Christmas special, like, I know Hanna-Barbera isn't, like, the most amazing comedy, but they would have gags and other stuff, and this is just, I don't know. The whole Pac-Man show itself was just, like, a weird 80s, like, cash grab anyway, and it was just definitely lower-tier Christmas special stuff. It was <laughs> your Go ahead. What did your fiancé think? Uh, he... After watching it and trying to figure out what pack people were, uh, after a while, he just kind of started playing games on his phone. And he's always just over already. I'm done. <laughs> it's like one of those um, things where you have to grow up watching it or else oh, if yeah. you watch it as an adult. You're just like, why? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, this oh. absolutely benefits from the lens of nostalgia. <laughs> But I'm glad I invited you both on and you were able to come on because I got that lens now of the other side of things. Just <laughs> we didn't grow up with this and it's weird. Uh, and it yeah. is. And that's part of why I love doing this. Uh, so thank you both <laughs> again. Yeah. Absolutely. Happy to provide a condescending opinion every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have you both. Uh, and if people want to offer you power pellet cocoa and a foot bath, where can they find you in internet land, Lindy? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at IEVideoGames or my uh, Instagram at PinkMedley. And Alicia. I also have a Twitter and it is ThinkBlue with two E's because someone who barely likes the Dodgers took ThinkBlue. <laughs> oh, how dare they? Yeah. Uh, and you can find show notes at adventcalendar.house. I am on Twitter at Fall West Mike, and you can follow the show on Twitter at Advent Cal House. 
And this year I made an Instagram. It's Advent Calendar House, so come say hi. Thank you both again. This has been awesome. Absolutely. See the rest of y'all in a couple of days with another Christmas special. Till then, for Lindy and Alicia from the nearest emergency power pellet box, this is Mike Westfall saying, please watch out for the icy patch. And to all a good chomp. <laughs> good night. The Advent Calendar House is part of the Christmas Podcast Network, located conveniently at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Holly is a dedicated cop. I'm sorry, honey. I've been really focused on a big case here. I just wish the bad guys didn't spend more time with you than I do. He's getting some time off for Christmas, whether she wants it or not. It's Christmas. Take some of those days off you'd never use and spend some time at home in Port Caldwell. Now she's headed back to her small town. The Port Caldwell Christmas Festival celebrates the best in us. And finally spending Christmas with her husband. Coffee and a Christmas cookie down at Betty's. I never say no to Betty's coffee. Meet you downstairs. But what happens when her job follows her home? Bobby, are you in here? The door just locked behind me. Welcome to the Christmas party. So glad you could stop by. Now, instead of celebrating with her husband, she'll have to save him. Okay, Holly, you're trapped in a building. There's a bomb in the building and Bobby's in the building. But can she save the day, save her marriage, and save Christmas at the same time? There is no point in hiding, detective. Come on, Yakov Smirnoff. Give me some clues to where that bomb is. The Can't Wait for Christmas podcast presents a made-for-podcast Christmas movie that can best be described as Die Hard in a Hallmark movie. Take some days off. Help Bobby with the festival. Tune in each month for... You've got to be kidding me! Oh, Mother Russell! A bomb for Christmas. You had better hurry, Mrs. McTernan. There is not much time left. New chapters premiering on the 25th of each month. Find them at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Next time on the Advent Calendar House. I am Mickey Cora, Queen of the Asteroids. Take me to your leader, you sorry excuse for a grizzbutt. I 